Welcome to the Intentional Parents Podcast. Intentional exists to help parents in their God-given task to raise passionate Jesus followers. We exist to bring hope, help, and healing to families. Each week, we will talk about anything from parenting, marriage, lifestyle, and what it looks like to follow Jesus in our time. Intentional is made up of Phil and Diane Comer and Brooke and Elizabeth Moser. I am Brooke, and the funny thing is, we are all family. Elizabeth is Phil and Diane's daughter, so we're a family figuring this thing out together. We hope this podcast feels like you're sitting with us in our home talking about how to do this thing called life together. Elizabeth and I are your hosts. Let's get into this week's podcast. Welcome again to the Intentional Parents Podcast. Again, thank you for listening. And if you haven't had a chance to leave a comment or rate the podcast, if you'd head over to iTunes right now, even pause it and do that, that would just be a huge gift to us. Thank you. Uh, as you know, we've been answering your questions. And last week, we were able to touch on some of the topics around LGBTQ and setting an atmosphere in your home. And and uh, today, we're actually going to continue that conversation and answer a few more questions. The next question here. Uh, is living in such a progressive city, I'm nervous about the public school system and how the LGBTQ plus agenda is pushed so hard. I don't have the desire to homeschool. Yeah, that's a lot of people. And I'm not sure we're financially set uh, for private school quite yet. What's your advice? Am I being too paranoid or is this a legit concern? So I know this is connected, uh, but yet different. And wow, what a great question. What a great question. So uh, really, you know, the question is, should I be paranoid? Is this a legit concern that what schools are teaching um, in this time? And and I think obviously as a parent, you need to, I think, Phil, you said you need to have discernment. You need to decide. I think you were saying something earlier, Phil, um, about the idea, you know, around like uh, there, there are different um, schools that are going to teach different things, but you, you need to know what that is. You need to be aware of what's going on in those schools and you have a certain responsibility uh, to protect and watch over your children. Oh, yeah. I think we need to remember that whatever school choice we make, uh, if it's uh, if it's not you teaching your kids at home, if you're de- you're delegating that authority to someone else. Mm-hmm. And so you need to stay involved. So you know, school choice is a huge deal. So whether it's public school or private school or homeschool or some combination. Yeah. <laughs> parents need to remember God gave your kids to you. And just as you have to constantly decide what influences you're going to let into your home, you know, through Netflix, through music, through, you know, you you are the shepherds of your children. And, uh, you know, just, just to remember Deuteronomy chapter 6, you know, God makes it so clear. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And with all your soul and with all your might and these words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your sons and daughters, of course, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house or when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And he, and he goes on, write them on the doorposts of your of your house and on your gates. And and then it talks about and then when you come into the land. And so so God doesn't doesn't in any way here say you're supposed to delegate this to somebody else it's the mom and the dad and unfortunately our school system is not theocentric it's not centered on god 
And so yeah. uh, you have to then have a dialogue going on with your kids and you have to be aware of what they are yeah. being taught. And yeah. you have to go down and meet your, your teachers and principals and, and who are they and what who, are they about? And find yeah. out what they're about and, and, and what, what, uh, what the school board is saying. And it takes time. Yeah. It, 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 parenting takes time. What's Diane say? It's so daily, right? <laughs> and I would also add to that, don't get all of your information from social media because we are such a divided nation <laughs> right now. Yeah. There are the extreme alarmists who are telling us stuff. And this has been going on since I homeschooled in the 80s. Yeah. We heard all this scary stuff about the schools. Well, when it was time for me to put my kids in high school and I went down and talked to the school counselor that in a public school, I was actually realized they really had in my, in this instance, which would have been the nineties. Now this particular school really had my child's best interest at heart. And some mm. of the paranoia I had picked up from some Christian movements had actually been paranoia, not mm. truth. Mm -hmm. So don't get your information from so the loudest shout on social media, go down to your school, like Phil said, and ask them with great respectfulness, what are you teaching about critical race theory? What are you te teaching about gender? And, and how can my can child be a yeah. part of that if I'm not buying in? Get a conversation going, a respectful conversation that is direct. I remember... Uh one conversation you had, there was a particular class that one of our daughters was taking. And there was a book that was completely inappropriate that the whole class was going to read. But when you said, well, I don't want my daughter reading that, the teacher said, no problem. But I didn't say it in a combative way. I said she had been homeschooled up to that point, And I explained that she was still very innocent and, and naive and that, that would, she was not yet sophisticated mm -hmm. enough to read the book. <laughs> now, I was using their language, but yeah. but they got my message in a very gentle way and immediately said, "You okay, so you go ahead. It needs to be about the page length, same page length. This was a, a pre, what they were supposed to read over the summer for oh, an God. English lit, yeah, lit yeah, class. Yeah, yeah. So I chose a classic, about twice the number of pages as the book that they had chosen. <laughs> And I knew it would be neutral. It wasn't a Christian book. It was just a good classic. She read it and enjoyed it, and and they were happy with that. I don't know if you'd get the same result no, now, yeah. But yeah. at least you know, being reasonable. Again, we we talked yeah. about in our ma marriage episode about being winsome. Yep. Um, if public school is the best choice for you, going in winsomely, asking questions and getting information, and mm -hmm. not just not just the teachers. You have to look at the kind of friendships that are developing. Yes. Because we have to watch over our kids. On the one hand, we want to have open homes. We want to lead lead your kids' friends to Christ. Maybe you've never seen a, a mother and father who stay together or, or yeah. they never felt the love that they feel in your home and you want to expose them to that. At the same time, you have to watch over your own son or daughter and are they strong enough to handle the influences that are coming their way? Uh, you know, and, yeah. and, and it takes a lot of discernment. That's why 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Become sober-minded as you ought to be. And so there, yeah. there needs to be a, a soberness of the reality that our world is further and further and further away from God in, in massive ways. And so we need to check out what's going on and make a decision 
uh, through conversation with those that you've delegated your authority to and also with your kids themselves and watch over them and yeah. and be discerning and help them along. And, I, yeah. and you may start with one school choice and you may decide this is this is wrecking my kid. This mm-hmm. is not yeah. working. And so in in which case I've seen parents say, well, you have to start what you finish. Yeah. <laughs> that is not always true. No. Sometimes instead that you have to say, yeah. okay, I didn't have all the information. I didn't understand how yeah. this particular child would respond. I need to pull my child out of school and just own it. Yeah. And just do what is best well, for your child. And so the question that I hear that you that I think you're we're all answering, but I, I wanna I know Diane, you mentioned this a while ago. Um She's asking the question, am I being too paranoid? And I think the answer is no. And I want to ask you this, you and Phil, because you've had the the blessing and the privilege of uh, you know, being our senior, having 30, 40 more years in this world and seeing how these people, uh, or not these people, but how people's or parents' concerns that they, they go, oh, these are just pretty common things. Um, and you go, no, they're actually not. Those aren't like common developmental things. You should actually be concerned about that. Mm-hmm. And so I think obviously we don't want to be paranoid, but uh, at the same time, what, yeah, what's your take on that as you've seen the trajectory? Do you know, do you remember what I'm referring to just yes. a second ago? Yeah. You were sharing yes. like those patterns that people would just kind of write off as like, oh, that's developmental, but exactly. but it, what, it was actually, no, you should have actually been concerned about yes. that. Like this mom's being right now in this question. There have been times for Phil and I that we have seen parents, um, having some struggles with their kids and it's obvious they're struggling with their kids and the parents want to naively think that their kids are going to grow out of this stage of development. Yeah. And, and where we didn't feel like we were in a position to speak up, we weren't invited to speak up. And so we didn't. And, um, at, but that caused us great alarm as we saw it. We mm. thought, Oh no, they're heading down a path, very, very dangerous path. They could get caught. And that mm-hmm. is what happens to us as human beings. We start going down a path and we get caught in addictions or in identities or in practices that lead to addictions and identities that are dangerous. And I yeah. do firmly believe that as parents, we are to pr- be protecting our children. In most of those cases, when Phil and I were alarmed and thought, uh-oh, uh-oh, the end result a few days down the road was far worse than the parents could have ever imagined tragic 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 results so i think it's very difficult for a parent to actually be paranoid an intentional thoughtful discerning parent if you listen to your fears yeah you listen to them and and then go to others and invite them to speak into your situation yeah because a, a wise older person is not going to barge into a situation. All of our kids who have kids have come to us and have said, mom and dad, we charge you with the responsibility that if you ever see us doing anything wrong or red flags, that you will not be passive and wait for us, but that you will come to us and speak into our lives. And that's a commitment we have made, but we could not have made that commitment unless they invited us into it. So if you have questions and you're trying to just say, oh no, this is not going to be a problem. I would really recommend that you go to a wise older couple in your church or pastors or in your family network and um, invite them to speak into it because um, I think the problem with most parents is not being paranoid. I think the problem with most parents is being naive. 
almost too passive. Like mm-hmm. this is going to work itself out. Mm-hmm. It's okay. What I don't need to take the energy and all that yeah, kind of devastating. I think you know, I I'm always looking for the right thing to do. That's how I'm <laughs> how I'm wired. And I think I see a lot of parents wrestling with that right now with yeah. school and and weighing the cost of like what it would take to homeschool or what private school would Mm. would be or whatever it may be. And I think, you know, we're all looking for like, what is the right thing to do? And I think that if you look across like all the different states and all the different schools and then the personality of your kids and the setup of your family, like there isn't a right or wrong answer. Mm -hmm. And you may live in a state where you are totally comfortable with what's being taught in public school. And maybe there's a few things, but you know that you can communicate about it. You can work around it, things like that. Or maybe you live in a city where you are like super uncomfortable with what's being taught in schools and you know your kid's not ready for it. And you're having to figure out how in the world am I going to make this work? I work full time. Like, what am I going to do? Um, and so I think like just that, I think the enemy wants to instill fear and make it feel like it all depends on us that like if I make the wrong choice with school, then like I've blown it. I've like messed them up forever. And I think that's not it. If you put them in school and you see that they're struggling or you see that they're bringing things home and it's just not working, I think now more than ever, we have to have the ability to say, I'm going to try it. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to pull them and I'm going to figure something else out. Because you as their parent, you have discernment for your children. Like God's given you that. And we need to be constantly like dad, you talked about like asking God for discernment. And that might look different for every kid, for every family, for every different state, for every different school. Like, that's why it's so tricky. Like, we had our kids in public school for four years. And Mm -hmm. I would say we had a great public school experience as far as what the kids were being taught and our involvement and all of that. I was pro-public school. But one of our kids, having nothing to do with the gender stuff or what was being taught, he was just floundering. It just was not, he does not learn well in a public school setting. He has dyslexia. We didn't know. Like it's just not set up for dyslexics very well unless you're really mildly dyslexic. So we had to pull him out. I said, I don't want to homeschool. I Maybe I'll do it in middle school when we can, when they can just do like a distance learning thing. I said, I will never do it while I have toddlers. Like I did not have the desire or the capacity to do it. But it was like a wow, like flashing red, we have to do something. And then this year I'm feeling similar in that I don't know that I have capacity to homeschool everybody. We have one super social daughter. And so we've been really just wrestling with and praying through like, and we were really close to putting her back in school, had decided actually we were going to put her back in public school. It was, it's a great school. It's five minutes from our house, but I couldn't shake this. I'm like, I just feel like she's changing so fast. She's developing so quickly. And there's a lot of things that she's processing right now that I couldn't shake this feeling of, oh, I just don't. I feel like she's too impressionable right now. I feel like she's vulnerable. I just kept feeling that word like vulnerable. Not that I'm trying to shield her from things or not talk about things with her. I just could not shake this feeling in my gut as her mom that this is not the time. And that was hard for me because that I'm not. I'm also not really ready to homeschool. It would have been really nice for you. It would have been a personal been gift really nice. to you to not have yeah. to take on that load. Yeah. yeah, and I want us to be careful. Like, obviously, mom, you homeschooled all of us. I'm now doing it with our kids, but I want to make sure story, that like yeah. those listening are really able to hear. Like, there isn't a one size fits all, mm-hmm. and 
yes, there are massive pros to being able to homeschool, but that doesn't work for everybody and it doesn't work for every kid. And I think that that going back to like discernment, asking God for wisdom and investigating what's happening at the public schools, talk to the other parents, go talk to the school, what's happening. Sometimes private schools are no better. Like I think sometimes we have this false idea that if we put them in private school, everything's safe and they'll teach them all the things they need to know. Well, that's often, we have a whole other set of problems. (laughs) Yeah, totally. That's not always the case. Um, And I think there are a lot of creative options nowadays. So I think I just hope that those listening are able to hear that there isn't a one size fits all and every city is different. Every state is different. Every kid is different. So I think like that praying and pressing in for discernment and seeking wise counsel is huge. And it's not an easy answer, but I think honestly it's the right answer and you have to ask who, who am I, who are my kids? Where, where do I live? And uh, Phil, I know you wanted to say something and and we have one more question, which Elizabeth is going to read, but Phil, I know you had something before we go to that. Oh no, I was just uh, thinking about the times we live in. Yeah. And uh, you know, in second, Timothy three, Paul's saying, realize this in the last days, difficult times will come. And so uh, he yeah. wrote this 2000 years ago. So <laughs> what's the last days? I, I think we're in the last days. I don't know when Jesus is coming back and anybody who tells you they know, don't listen to him. But yes. <laughs> but his coming is sooner today than it was yesterday. And then when you yeah. read this list of what he says, which is describing our times right now, men will be lovers of self. Lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, wow, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And then it says, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. In other words, wow. don't just throw your kid into the fire. Uh, you need to be discerning and... Mm. and decide what is the wisest thing to do. But you are called to protect your kids, not shield them from the world. Mm -hmm. You know, the old phrase were to be in the world, but not of the world. But I think that you really need to be careful here and realize that the world system is not is yeah the world system as it is 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 under the power of the evil one it's broken he's the ruler of this world. And so I you know I need to be uh, discerning of what I'm letting into um, to the home that that we're shepherding, and then mm-hmm. how I'm protecting my kids. I think what Diane and I have seen is many parents who love Jesus and had a sense that this wasn't the best place to be. It, it could even be a church situation that's not healthy. Yeah. But their kids have a couple friends, and their kids don't want to leave, and they don't want to hurt them, or they don't want to hurt their friendship, <laughs> so they stay. And down the road, it's disaster. Well, most of, most of our friends they just stopped going to church altogether. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's a whole other podcast yeah. we'll talk about. Go so to church it's good for you but make sure it's good it takes jesus loving to do the right thing (laughs) and do the right thing i know i'm saying that tongue-in-cheek but yeah sincerely we have Mm -hmm. that problem now of like you know maybe it was changing to go to the right church now so many people go well i'll be okay on my own and and god designed church we did an episode a while back i can't remember what it was but that gift of like well why go to church and church isn't about you as much as it's about using the gifts god's given you to bless other people it's to live in community it's to it's to live out the Imago Day that Jesus set up, like it's you're taking practice just like marriage is something that was born in heaven and lived out mm-hmm. on earth. It's the same thing there. So yeah, you anyway. don't want to risk your kids and just throw them in the fire and hope it works out. Yes. Because what's going to happen in most cases is down the line when the brokenness is there, as Diane was saying, they're going to say, why didn't my dad and my mom, why didn't why they did step in? Yeah. Diane's met with so many 
early 20 something girls that say, I wish my parents had, had said something. Asked yeah, me. Yeah. And now we've seen single moms down the line say, I wish my parents had the parents said, I know this is not the man she should marry, but they, but it's none of our business. Oh, so they didn't say anything. And then down the line, <laughs> the single mom is saying, I wish my parents had spoken up. So I, I think yeah. that's what Diane and I as the older couple here yeah, you are guys, saying. Not We're not saying be mean or judgmental, no. or but be discerning and be wise and ask God to give you that discernment and get help. If you're not sure, talk to somebody else yeah. that you think is wiser and, and has better perspective than you, and then ask God for the courage and step in. Elizabeth's going to ask this question, but even on that note, as you're talking about being involved in your kids' lives through, you know, this this great question, am I being paranoid? I mean, I remember dating Elizabeth. You guys were, by anyone else's standards, overly involved, like <laughs> by anyone else's standards. And, and at the same time, and at the same time, it was really healthy. It was good. And there was a, a balance where anyone else would have gone like, oh my gosh, this is overbearing, right? And and there was parts of and it. It because, was sometimes. <laughs> but there was portions of it because we, because I wasn't used to it. I might that wasn't my family's approach. You know, my family was like, well, you know, when you're 18, you make some decisions, you move on, and and so it wasn't that it was bad. I just had no context for it. I wasn't used to it. But it also set up a huge foundation. For, I mean, we're all four now, even working together, right? And I think a lot of that started when we were dating because there's that relational, you know, trust and equity, and even now. You, you know, we, we still have these deep conversations where, where you guys are asking us, how is our souls? And we're bearing our souls to you in ways that we wouldn't just bear to anybody because of the fact that I think that you had that expectation uh, set up even at the very beginning. Just to be involved. Involved. I, I have this picture right now. I still remember this. I don't know why. It's just one picture. You, we were pulling into our house on Bull Mountain and yeah. you and Elizabeth were sitting out front on that small front porch because Elizabeth lived at home and you were not allowed to be in the house alone. <laughs> and so, or, and you obeyed. You probably thought that was crazy. Times we were like, but there you were sitting on the porch like, yeah. ah, they're mm-hmm. finally home. We're 18 years old, but we were going to sit. Yeah, I remember that. And I and I, it was it was good. Anyway, we have one more question today that we're going to cover, and it's a good one. And uh, Elizabeth, I think you have that one. Yeah, it's kind of a three-part question. It's all so good. I'm just going to read all of it. It says, how do we address the heart issue of feeling a need to cover up and hide parts of us that we feel are unlovely or not good enough? My oldest is 13, and she has made some small but poor choices that are rooted in a heart's desire to cover up the things she feels are unworthy or wrong. We love her and affirm her and do our best to remind her of her value in Christ. But the father of all lies is constantly throwing darts at our heart and especially the hearts of our young girls. Gosh, so true. And then the last question, how do we help them understand their true value so that they can stand in confidence? Wow. That is a large question. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you be able, just the first part again, uh, about the wanting to hide Maybe yeah. we can just answer it in sections real quick. How do we address the heart issue of feeling a need to cover up and hide parts of us that we feel are unlovely or not good enough? Ooh, that's a that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, one of the things I, would, I just want to say off the bat is I think that has to do with your own transparency, but it also has to do with those around you building a culture and feeling safe to share. Yeah. Um, growing up, I remember, I didn't even know this until as as an adult, but growing up, I remember in, in my home specifically, because my parents, I mean, they're here, my parents are heroes. I cannot believe they're still standing after the childhoods that they lived. Mm-hmm. And we'll share that someday, but it was crazy, just insane. And they get together really young and they decide we're going to follow Jesus and we're going to raise our kids in the way of Jesus. And obviously 
there was like, my life has completely changed at the same time. It's not like they just got to skip over all that pain and hurt that happened in their own childhood. And so there was moments where I remember feeling uh, like I can't share not because I didn't want to, I'm a very transparent person. I'm actually, you know, um, vulnerability, openness. I'm not a, a closed book most of the time. And if you've listened to this podcast at all, you probably know that, but it was that I oftentimes didn't know if I'd get in trouble, you know, as a kid, it'd be like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. I don't want to share. And that stopped me from probably having a lot of conversations that I, I think now hindsight, I would have probably had based on my personality and knowing myself better now. And that's not to say my parents did anything wrong per se. I don't think they had the tools to even know that. So I don't go, oh, mom, dad, how could you at all? But I do think that if you're a mom listening and you're asking this question, if you're a dad listening, asking this, asking this question, you have no idea how powerful it is to give your kids permission to be honest with you, especially about their sin. And I know that um, there's certain there's certain things that have consequences built in. But as I've we've learned over time, for certain people, like uh, Duke is really sensitive to shame. If he feels any sort of shame, that's like punishment enough. I remember mm -hmm. one time he got in trouble for something and he felt super bad. And I was praying. I was like, Spirit, what am I supposed to do? This was like a really poor discerning moment. It was a really bad choice. How do I discipline him in this situation when he already feels so bad? And I felt like the Spirit just said, "Shame. his shame is enough. Like almost like this, he's he's being punished right now you don't need to guilt him or like you don't need to discipline him on top of that's already enough. He has to process that with me. And I, and I was so shocked by that statement because I was like, as a dutiful dad, like I've got to do something. There's consequences. There's, and it was just this paradigm shift for me. And so I told Duke that I said, you know, Duke, I'm actually not going to give you, there's not discipline connected to this. I think your shame is enough. And you could just see him like, Oh my gosh, thanks dad. I know I feel so bad about this. I can't believe like I made this decision or, or whatever. I can't even, I don't even remember what it was. Um, it wasn't that major, but in, anyway, it was just a great reminder that when the parental figure creates the space and the safety, I think to go, Hey, this is okay to mess up. We mess up all the time. Uh, it created this ability for us to have a new level of love and respect for one another. And he also knew like, there's just certain things that he won't get in trouble for. We've already talked about it. Like, Hey, listen, if, when it comes to sexual sin, you're not going to get in trouble, but I'm going to want to know, cause I want to walk with you. It's not about punishment. It's about the, it's about the safety of your life. It's about your future trajectory. It's about, it's about you not, you know, falling into this thing that traps your soul. It's not about discipline. It's about your soul and me caring for you. So anyway, I, I think there's space there. Um, those are things that I've been processing as a dad. and I think that's just incredibly wise, Brooke. I think that's really the final word. And um, except that Phil has it in scripture as he always adds his value of grounding everything we're saying in the word. Yeah. Well, you know, we parent out of relationship. And I think yes. what you're talking about is you create an openness with your children that we can we can talk, you can bring anything to us, and we are mm -hmm. with you in this. And especially once they give their life to Jesus at a young age, which is what you want to pray happens, yeah. then you're still their parent, but you're actually brothers and sisters in Christ. You're on the same journey, a journey of holiness, a journey of purity. Yep. And then we're going to sin because, and whenever we sin, we want to hide. That goes back to Genesis way back in the mm -hmm. beginning yep. when Adam and Eve sinned against God, they hid. Mm -hmm. But God didn't condemn them. He went yeah. into the garden 
Yeah. Where are you? Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> and That's so right. God sought them out because God wants relationship. And so this tendency to hide is is um, in our brokenness, in our sinful, fallen nature. But to come into the light is what needs to happen. And yeah. so uh, obviously when someone sins in any area and then is unwilling to confess it to God and if necessary to others and yep. stay in the darkness, yeah. they're hurting well, themselves and therefore then hurting everybody around them. So yep. the scripture that that I was going to read is from First John. I'm, I'm in First John right now in my yeah. read through the Bible in a year thing in First John chapter 1. And this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him, there's no darkness at all. I just mm. love that. Mm. There's, you know, we're going to be in the new heaven and the new earth. There's no need for sun or moon because God, yeah. him, Jesus is the lamb, is the is the light. And so just imagine this gorgeous, bright place that we're going to be in. And if we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, and here it is. We have fellowship with one another. So think parents and kids, okay? Mm -hmm. When when your kids come to you and say, I messed up, Dad, and you're talking about it, they brought it into the light. You have fellowship with one yeah. another, and there's yeah. relationship there. Mm -hmm. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from sin. That's the beauty. Yeah. And you bring Jesus into the situation. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So like yeah. we're just deceived. Yeah. <laughs> when... But if we confess our sins, and that word just means to agree with, when we agree with God that we've sinned, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And then I love the next verse in chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, in other words, because you're going to, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus yeah. Christ, the righteous. And the word advocate there is parakletos, the one come alongside to help. Yeah. In other words, when I sin, Jesus stands up. Yes, <laughs> he did. Yeah. And I paid for that one through my blood on the cross. He's yeah. forgiven. Yeah. When Satan, the accuser, comes, forgiven. He comes, forgiven. Yeah. And so your kids are going to sin. We're going to sin. And we need to teach yeah. them about Jesus Christ, the righteous, and then help our kids learn that they can bring it into the light. Yes. And mm -hmm. and uh, that that's just the beginning of life that is truly life. And we learn yes. to more consistently walk with the Lord, but when we blow it, we can bring it into the light. So, Yeah, I think there's space, even in this question, this final question, I think there's space to just remember that we have the ability, the responsibility to create the space. Some of our kids are going to want to hide more, you know, like mm -hmm. I, we have, we, one of our kids just wants to hide more uh, uh, and, and really just in general has uh, the, the desire is to hold in rather than to share. But as we've been working with them, and as we've been working with them, and as we've been working with them, uh, opening up this dialogue to now where they are just like talking about everything. Like literally, it's just like a confess-a-thon all of a sudden. It's like, <laughs> here's the stuff I did here. Like and this, a wall broke down. Yeah, a wall yeah. broke down. And there was some beauty there that, you know, we just kept on having to remind this this little one, like, hey, just you can tell me anything. Yeah, just tell us anything. It's okay. And I will love you just the same. And, and it was I will like, not be it, mad at you. And, I, and they tested us too. Like, mm -hmm. is that true? Is that really true? Let me see mm -hmm. how much I can tell you. And and so then it became like, once it became this open space, 
And of course, like <laughs> when certain things are confessed, it's not, of course you're like, okay, well, um, that, that's not smart. So because of that, like, this isn't necessarily discipline, but like, we're going to put safeguards in place or we're going to do this or we're going to do that because that's not smart for, for you. Right. So, you know, it's, it, it's almost that reminder that sometimes the guilt is a ton. And if your child is naturally hiding stuff, the shame that they're feeling already is probably a lot. And some maybe do need some correctional, you know, directioning, but what, but Elizabeth, I know you have something real quick. I was talking to a woman the other day who's a therapist and deeply loves Jesus and she's incredible. And she was unpacking for me and I need to get like direct quote from her because I know I'm missing pieces of it, but she was unpacking the difference between guilt and shame and how I, and she was counseling me to go home and teach it to Scarlett who was feeling all sorts of guilt and shame. And she was saying guilt is oftentimes the spirit uses it to motivate us to change, to motivate us to confess something, that feeling of unrest of like, oh, I need to tell my mom and dad, yeah. or I need to tell my husband, or I need I need to confess. That feeling of guilt, we often are like, no, I, I can't live in that, like I'm, I'm free, which is true, but the reality is like sometimes that's conviction and that's from the spirit and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But shame just tells us that I'm bad or in, in the case of often little girls, I'm weird. Nobody else is struggling with the same thing. Nobody else is like me. And that's from the enemy and what this mom talks about. Like the the father of lies is constantly throwing darts at the hearts, especially of our young girls. And it's so true. Yeah. And when they start to live in that shame that I'm bad, I'm weird, I'm the only one, that is straight up from the enemy. And I think being able to help our kids at a young age discern the difference between what is, I know what, I don't even want to say the right the right, I mean, it is the right thing, but I know what the spirit is inviting me into. I know how God designed things to be that would create me to flourish. Because when we when we put it in that language, that's motivating, right? That's not like just, that's bad. You shouldn't do that. This is the right thing. But like, no, this is God's heart for you. It's compassion and love. Yeah. When we can help them understand what is that feeling of whether or not you use the word guilt or conviction or whatever, that motivates us to change. But when you feel those feelings of shame and I'm the only one and I'm alone and I'm bad and I'm weird, like that, we don't listen to that voice. That is of the enemy and we need to speak truth over that and encouraging them to bring that to us. Hey, I'm feeling all sorts of shame and I just need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that we can speak truth over them and life over them. I think that was really powerful to me to recognize so often those two things feel the same, but they're different. Yeah. And I think oftentimes, especially with girls who are just feeling a ton and not sure what to do with all of it, they're they're wrestling with all of those things. And there's a ton of shame in there. And I think anything we can get out into the light, like we've talked about, out into the open, like there's just so much freedom there. I think we're watching that with our daughter right now. Like she's recognizing all this stuff I've kept in the darkness and I haven't told my mom and dad. And it's all innocent things. She's only nine, but she's experiencing what it feels like to bring it out into the light and not have yeah. to carry it in isolation anymore and all by herself. Yeah. And we're learning how to be a soft landing place for yeah. her. And even maybe it takes a ton of time. Like I'm recognizing you have to slow down and you have to look for when you see them carrying something yeah. and invite the conversation and then create space for it. She always wants to talk to me right when she's getting in bed. And by the end of the day, I am so tired. I don't want to talk anymore. I don't want her to have to come in and confess something to me. But that's when she wants to talk. And so I'm having to just create space for, okay, She's she wants to talk to me and that's huge. Mm -hmm. And I want to keep that door open. Yeah. 
Thank you, everyone, for your questions. I want to close us in in prayer today for our daughters, for our sons, and thank you for all these questions. Father, we just pray over the daughters of those listening and the sons of those listening that, Holy Spirit, you would just fill them with you. Would you become the most interesting Savior of the universe to them that you are in reality? Would you be as exciting to them as you really are? Would you just reveal yourself in ways that are just so contagious that they just want more and more and more and more of you? Uh, we pray for those that are listening who are tired, that you would just strengthen their their feeble knees, uh, as the scriptures say, that you would just build them up and give them strength, endurance, spirit-filled hope over their children. And we pray against the father of lies, uh, that the lies that are going against our children, even in this culture and time, that you would stop those lies and that you'd speak the truth over them and that you would just mm-hmm. set them free. Give us the ability, the wisdom, the tools, the help to be able to lead our kids effectively. Jesus, we don't have what it takes. And so we submit our faculties to you and ask that you would empower them. We ask that you'd help us pray hard. We ask that you'd help us work hard. And we ask that you would do your great works through us. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, here's a few ways that you can partner with us in this ministry. First is to give. Intentional Parents is a nonprofit and we rely on the generous giving of our partners. So please head over to our website, intentionalparents.org slash give if you would like to become one of our partners through giving. Second is to share it. If this has at all been helpful to you, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, and those that you know would be blessed by it. Third is to follow us on social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at intentional underscore parents. And lastly, if you would head over to iTunes, if you enjoyed today's episode and leave a review on iTunes, this helps us bring more hope, help, and healing for families.